Hi there, and welcome to the podcast, Life as a, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Advertising, what a word, what a concept. And to some, it has become somewhat convoluted in that it is becoming increasingly more challenging to not only distinguish it, but even understand it. Setting aside that thought, advertising is also known to represent so much more. Think creativity, innovation, driver of growth, and dare I say, it has become an integral piece of the engine which powers our way of life and living and culture. Now, like most industries operating within the 21st century, advertising has also seemingly transformed itself. Traditional mediums, namely print, radio, and TV, are no longer a catch-all solution capable of reaching all target markets. The channels now are wide and diverse. Take Gen Z or Millennials. The thought of trying to reach them by a radio spot or a newspaper ad is pretty much laughable. And if you're a brand targeting youth segments, you have to leverage tech and enter into worlds where you may have never been. And that is exactly what has been transpiring. Enter the world of social media and influencer marketing. Today, I have a guest who helps bring these seemingly divergent worlds of youth and brands together, and he'll take us in behind the curtain to get a better understanding of what it's all about. Rish Gopal is the global head of social media and influencer marketing for the Publicist Group, one of the oldest and largest marketing and communication companies in the world. To describe Rish, you'd have to include the following, passionate marketer, writer, entrepreneurial, and in his words, a wannabe actor. A creative by heart with a naturally curious mind inclined for strategy, Rish acquired data and analytics experience to possess the trifecta of skills every digital social lead should have, strategy, creative, and data-centric. Rish brings with him 13 plus years experience of creating and implementing digital first strategies for FMCG, fast moving consumer goods, hospitality, food and beverage, technology, automotive, beauty, and telecommunication brands. Rish currently leads content and social media at Publicist Japan for global and local brands, ensuring that the agency's strategy and approach in today's platform driven world is tailored to direct business results without sacrificing the customer experience or brand standards his clients strive for. Rish joined Publicist from Singapore, where he worked as a global strategic social lead for social bakers. His role required of him to be a tactician and strategic social thinker for brands like Lexus, Lenovo, Asus, Shangri-La, Oppo, Sony, and more especially when it came to providing them with technological solutions to solve some of their most challenging business problems. Now, previous to Social Bakers, Rich worked as a global strategic social partner for Ogilvy, working and mentoring global, regional, and local teams across APAC, the EU, UK, and the Americas. Apart from Unilever, his portfolio of brands included BMW, IHG, Guinness, Singtel, UN, Electrolux, and others. He was also fortunate enough to be part of the core team that won Cannes Lions, AMEs, and Campaign Asia Awards. 
Now, on an off day, you might find Rish exploring the bustling streets of Tokyo, looking for some of the coolest isekais in town. And with that stated, Rish, I mean, it's my honor to welcome you to the show. No, thank you so much. Uh, all I got from that was wanna be actor, and that still that dream <laughs> still prevails. So this is my my one way of like I hope like I, I hope I act well so that people can at least uh, hire me for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that is definitely that is a question on my list of ones to uh, to cover into this. So I, I want to know a little bit more about that. But before we do. Maybe we can head into a, a few other questions first. And I, I would like to go into our first segment, actually, something called Coloring Wikipedia, which is a segment where I just basically read off a definition of the guest profession. I mean, as my listeners would know, I'd like to do it for a few reasons. One, it kind of brings everybody up to speed. And then also, two, I think it kind of offers this nice jumping off point into exploring the profession. I mean, every time a guest comes on, they have their own sort of vision and their own sort of like stamp on what they do, which could be completely different than somebody who was holding the exact same position. I mean, a job sort of becomes personalized eventually. So with that stated, I mean, I have you down here. Surprise, surprise, as an influencer marketing professional. So let me just read that off what uh, Wikipedia has got you down for. And then after that, in the context of what you do, you can uh, comment. Sound good? Awesome. All right. Well, here we go. It's a bit of a mouthful. I'm going to forewarn you here. So, all right. No worries. Influencer marketers. Influencer marketers derive their duties from a form of social media marketing involving endorsements and product placement from influencers, people, and organizations who have perpeted expert level of knowledge or social influence in their field. Influencers are someone or something with the power to affect the buying habits or quantifiable actions of others by uploading some form of original, often sponsored content to social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or other online channels. Influencer marketing is when a brand enrolls influencers who have an established credibility and audience on social media platforms to discuss or mention the brand in a social media post. Influencer content may be framed as testimonial advertising. I wasn't lying when I said it was a bit of a mouthful. So <laughs> what, what do you think of this? I mean, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I've never dove into the definition of the dictionary, so to say. Well, dictionary or, or, or the definition itself. But I mean, I, I kind of see, see it very simply. Anyone or someone who affects or changes the way people behave is an influencer of some sorts. You know, technically anyone who influences a behavior uh, and I say that because, for example, a, like a, someone on social media that is a travel blogger, they influence you to make different travel choices. Uh, your hair hairstylist influences you to cut cut your hair because they know all the latest trends going on in hair. My cousin Shraddha and she like shout out to her, but you know she was a Miss India winner uh, and Miss India Miss Universe in 2017. And, you know, she's got a great taste in, in fashion and, and she's an athlete almost. And she influences like me and a lot of other people on how to be fit on a daily basis and look fantastic at the same time. Uh, or your family doctor in that way or anyone who is like your news anchor. There's diff- all of these people technically are influencers, mm-hmm. but I think they're all different kinds of influencers almost. Because like one is your the digital your travel influencer that I was talking about, travel blogger, is yeah. your penultimate 
digital influencer you know like they're travel bloggers beauty bloggers uh food uh critiques like they're all the proper digital influencers who've obviously changed the world of social media in a lot of ways then you have your professionals or we are also what we call like kols which is key opinion leaders uh and professionals are like you know your hairstylist is a professional and he obviously we live in japan there's hair salons everywhere yes. so you know they a lot of them actually have great social media presence that i actually follow key opinion leaders are like the doctors who actually have experts in their own mm. field and they become a, some kind of an influencer as well and then your your family becomes a is a peer so they could have a following but they have a super sometimes they're a super nano like nano means 200 400 500 followers but then you also have the the big guys towards the end which is like your news anchors celebrities essentially so kim kardashian the the ultimate or paris hilton the number one but kim kardashian is like one of the biggest at least or i'm a big fan of dwayne the rock johnson and everyone that i know know knows about it and they hate the fact that i mention it in every single meeting or i mentioned it here but they are a media celebrity yeah but they're all some kind of an influencer at the end of the day and i agree with the definition yeah. although it was fairly uh, fairly a mouthful yeah. uh, but anyone who can like you know affect any kind of change mm. uh, in people's behavior is an influencer of some sort now how real are they how authentic are they it depends on that person and how they are yeah. sorry it was a long answer <laughs> no 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 but i think it was you know it was straight to the point though too i mean uh i think wikipedia should be uh, having a chat with you i mean they could simplify that definition <laughs> I, mean, i can change it myself actually <laughs> yeah 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 i don't know is there anything you would like to add to the definition i mean you kind of simplified it but would there be anything else that i mean for for me it's like influencer market when we talk about influencer marketing the word marketing itself makes it a little unauthentic at times it's an influencer content and influencers are people very simply put who whose content that we watch uh, while i was listening to actually i was listening to a podcast recently and there was a, a debate going on at that time someone said that netflix is dead and they're like why why is netflix dead he's like well netflix just paid 100 million dollars to some fancy writer and got a show made for 2 hours we sit here on youtube between doing a podcast between two fairly famous podcasters and youtube pays us zero money in it and we get more people to watch us because we do this every single day whereas mm. netflix you you watch it once and you're done with that show mm. so the value of that influencer content the value of that content is much more yeah. than brand content and that's why i think i even i call it influencer marketing because it is what it is but at the end of, end of the day it is creative partnerships or almost brand endorsements so to say that they are yeah. that these people are are doing so i'm going into the weeds right now but no, it, it's very though, difficult yeah. to put more put like one line onto it so there's so much going on with that kind of uh, yeah. creator mentality yeah and that's a fine distinction what you just kind of outlined there too i mean that uh certainly is no thanks for sharing that i'm glad that you did i mean i think that was one of the very first gems of this conversation <laughs> quite frankly <laughs> is you know kind of understanding that and then that difference there Yeah, if you stop me at you have to stop me at times but I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well let's hop into a few more questions. Maybe we can uncover a bit more. Yeah, this this first question we're heading into a Q&A discovery where I do have some questions lined up for you. And off the top, I mean, I did know, you know, you've had some pretty wide and varied experiences, you know, not only within Japan, you were in Singapore within this realm, but I'm curious about getting into this field of 
influencer marketing, essentially. Was this something that you were angling for or were you approached by this or did you need some conjoling or convincing to get into it? Like what, what was that like for you? Well, I mean, honestly, like I've, I've been working, well, I mean, for, in some, for some people, a lot of years, some people, not so many years, but I think, like, you know, essentially social media started around 2008, 2010, but it really, like even today, I don't think today we need a lot more convincing, but I kind of really got into the social media, working in social media in 2012 or so, when a lot of brands really started investing a lot more and social media became a media business and not just a a platform but people come and chill but if you are in within if you're working within the social media realm you automatically are part of the influencer realm as well because these influencers are creating content on social and you know back in the day when there were no influencers in in today's definition so to say there were celebrities and you know you still had your hairstylist you still had your i mean in india we say the auntie from the next block who knows everything about everyone and tells everything about everyone to everyone. But fundamentally, I think if you're in the social media world, if you're in the content world, the creative world, advertising world, influencer, you are automatically invited into the influencer world because today, if you're not working with influencers, you're not working with brand partners or creators, essentially, then I think you're already like far behind and, and almost like get start doing it now and i think majority of the marketers that i know of data that i saw like uh 70% of the marketers around the world uh actually find it useful to work with influencers but again th- i mean that question that there might be other variations to that question because i feel like if you're in marketing you see the value that influencer marketing brings to you mm. so is it i don't know if i'm i'm taking this the right way was it a strategic sort of decision for you because you just you could see (laughs) the tea leaves like this is where the industry is going so i I really have to align myself i have to get in early or was it like what i'm trying to get at yeah is something that you were just attracted to and like you're you you know we found it fascinating right away or uh yeah i mean maybe it's the wannabe actor in me that if i couldn't be in front of the camera be behind it but no i think jokes apart i think i kind of just got into it without a question because we were, I was, I was already doing social media and I was on the platforms, of course. And I thought that's how most of us started. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of start creating content and everything was kind of new. Even today, sometimes I feel everything is still new, but I think it was the need of the hour. Like I think as a brand today or even yesterday, we're always trying to think about like what other things can we do? What more could we do? How could we do it more differently? How could we be more authentic? How could we part of that, be part of that conversation? Or if you're a, a much cooler brand, how can we start a conversation? Yeah. And I think within those questions, influencer marketing just kind of came in and it's something that we came in and pitched and kind of started doing it. Uh, and this was obviously a while back because when we started doing, well, my, my first influencer gig, to be all honest, was or I used to be a community manager back in the day, 20-something-year-old, talking to moms, giving them advice on how to essentially raise their kids. But obviously, I'm not qualified for that. I wasn't, I wasn't really telling them how to raise their kids, but I, my job was to advise how they can get their kids to go out there and play and do different activities and mm-hmm. just be a friend, uh, so to say. And I think the first set of influencers that I worked with were, were, were moms, soccer moms, essentially. They don't really call soccer moms in, in, in Asia, at least, but, uh, <laughs> but just moms who had an influence. Yeah. And, you know, we did a whole campaign with them, something that we, but again, it translates differently in, other, in a different language, but something which is like games that were approved by moms. 
And I think it was really like talking to them and getting them to work with us uh, as almost like one team, because as a brand, we were talking to moms. And if you're talking to moms, don't try to, similar as me as a committee manager, don't try to be something that you're not. Try to learn from them and understand them and then kind of work with them because that's what authenticity is about. Being genuine, right? And having that authentic relationship. And that's what, you know, like in a relationship with just two people on the street, that's what you're always striving for. And obviously with brands, they recognize that too. And they, they, they need to... Well, most brands, I shouldn't say all, but most brands or good brands at least recognize the yeah. fact that that's a really critical element to, to developing long lasting relationships. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I kind of, i have honestly, I just stumbled into it more than anything else because I was, I was still a little junior, but I was working with a really lovely bunch of leaders as well. But I think as we spoke more and more, we're like, let's choose real people. Like, yeah. I think like we were just like, it's not just celebrities, it's just like constant, the same thing. And then yeah. I realized, uh, very early on that you know working with celebrities okay it's great get to meet the celebrity sometimes they're disappointing sometimes they are not but you're reaching a wide variety of audience whereas a mom in a lot of ways that we were trying to work with was being followed by the moms yeah. because she was an expert in something or she had an had a new way of taking care of her children or new, like a new or fresh advice on certain things. Mm. And these are the people who are really what we call, and I still call them community influencers because mm. uh, they are inspiring a community. They're not just a generic one size fits all kind of, kind of influencer. And I think that's yeah. what kind of attracted me towards it. Cause it was really cool to understand from them, like who their audience is and yeah. And I've, kind of not stopped from there. <laughs> mm, mm, okay. Okay. I, I like the example that you gave as well. Cause I think like nowadays I would, I would venture to guess, I couldn't say for certain, but I would venture to guess that when people think of a social influencer, they're thinking of maybe like a Kardashian or they're thinking of like a YouTuber who's like a gamer, or they're thinking of like a, somebody like a travel, you know, blogger, like there's like this narrow definition, probably like four or five different types of social yeah. influencers, but that spectrum is quite large. And the, the example that you gave, I mean, certainly fits into all of that, but it's probably yeah. not the very first thing that people would consider necessarily, if you follow yeah. what I'm saying. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I we, we talk about this a lot at, uh, at work where uh, today everything is about this and it's not like a like button, guys. It's just a thumb I'm talking about. And it's all about, we call it thumb stopping content. So, you know, they say that the attention span of humans is less than a goldfish now. Um, and a goldfish's attention is nine seconds. A new study said that humans, uh, like a pe- people's attention span is like seven seconds now. But I'm just nice. like, if you really think about it, it takes less than a second to do two swipes. So if I'm scrolling through my Instagram, Facebook, uh, scrolling right for, for dating apps, but your brand, for example, really doesn't have time to stand out that easily. But you would stop for real content from someone you actually follow, like an influencer, like a friend, like Chris, if I follow you on Instagram, sorry, I should say, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Good correction. But if I'm, if I'm scrolling through, uh, through the feed and I see Chris has posted something, I'll pause and I'll see what's going on. Or if I go, to, go into your stories, I'll, I'll look at the stories. But if it's yeah. just a brand, I'm just like, okay, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. Yeah. So I think that's that. Don't swipe right, swipe up. <laughs> but, uh, well, it depends on the platform, swipe right, swipe up. But it, it's confusing. But I think that's where authenticity and like real content comes mm-hmm. in. And the value of influencers makes so much difference there. 
Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, even from my own experience from time to time, I, I think like now that the consumer is that much more discerning and they know when they're being sold to and then they're just not going to oh, yeah. flat out accept like a like an old CM version, like where it's just, you know, it's contrived and it's just, it's, it's not real, right? They, people yeah. strive to, to, to have these genuine interactions and they're getting tougher to find these days. You know, people are busy. They've got a lot of things going on. I think people as a whole are busier than we've ever been. And we have all these other distractions, like you just said, like smartphones and everything else. Right. So, I mean, like when you are able to achieve these sort of like real, you know, again, I keep using this word, genuine sort of interactions with, with a person or with a brand or whatever it might be, there, there is value in that. And uh, yeah. it sticks with you in a Absolutely. different way. So no, well said. Well, I do want to kind of return to that wikipedia definition a little bit here there was something else when i was researching that that i found quite compelling quite frankly and again before <laughs> warning you once again it's a bit of a mouthful but no i do think there is something here that uh, would be fun to explore with you so let me just read off this this is an extension of that first definition all right so here goes there's a lack of consensus about what an influencer is one writer defines them as a range of third parties who exercise influence over the organization and its potential customers. Another defines an influencer as a third party who significantly shapes the customer's purchasing decision, but may never be accountable for it. Hmm. According to another, influencers are well-connected, create an impact, have active minds, and are trendsetters. And just because an individual has many followers does not necessarily mean they have much influence over those individuals, only that they have many followers. So to me, it just sounds like there's so many different ideas and definitions of what, you know, an influencer is and what their role is, how much power they have. It just seems like a big mishmash of ideas. But for somebody yeah. working within in the industry and has been for quite some time, what do you think about all that? I mean, I think one of the things that I spoke about and I won't dive too much into it was the community influencers. So I think the power that they bring, that they are really influencing a community of people. I think they have immense power and working with these kind of people and majority of these kind of people collectively yeah. on a constant basis. And I say constant basis because brands tend to work with influencer ones and are like, okay, cool. Bye. I'm never going to see you again. But do I like you want the influencer to really like you and use your product. So I almost want to keep working with this guy on a consistent basis so that it's almost like my brand's product is normalized. Mm. Uh, in, in, in the consumer's mind because con as we said like uh, the consumer knows when you're kind of bullshitting or when it's an ad and when it's a genuine kind of thing so even if an influencer is making content and if your product is just lying at the back or like for example if it's an orange juice I'm just still drinking the orange juice it means that this is part of my lifestyle mm. right you know in a lot of ways but I think coming back to the definition and I think there's a, like a, the last line that you mentioned that just because you have a lot of followers, you might not necessarily be an influencer. That is absolutely right. Uh, and I think a simpler simpler answer or a simpler way of thinking about this, and like it's just one word, data. It really, really depends on the data because becoming an influencer is a tough job. It's not, honestly, it's not easy, but it's also buying followers is also a very common tactic for a lot of different people. So a lot of people invest in becoming an influencer and they then just buy followers consistently, uh, try to put ads on it. And then eventually they, they become a good, they reach a good status of 50,000 or at times for certain platforms, um, they also have like, there's also fake followers. 
so and i think there are companies who do those kind of kinds of things as well which i would not actually know about uh, or like don't know a specific company like that but i know that there are people who who do yeah and i think the answer becomes data because what we do at least and and i am at least part of my team what we do at least at at our company is that whenever we work with an influencer we really look at the the back end data of the, of them so we have tools that we actually use we do social listening we do, so, so social listening is very like you uh, have to go into a definition of social listening as it's a whole separate podcast right there but social listening i mean very simply put it's about doing the right kind of research about the uh, about the particular influencer uh, or influencers that you want to work with so i want to make sure as a brand that this influencer ha- hasn't gotten into too many controversy like just like who this person is what's yeah. their perception what's people's sentiment around it so kind of just doing your basic research kind of like when you go on a date and just kind of like want to know like who this person is right right but then the other aspect of data is also like really looking at their own followers so there are tools out there which are for for the listeners there's also free tools where you can actually plot in someone's uh, page and you could potentially find out like uh, where their followers are from there are, there are paid tools that actually tell you are their followers fake are their followers legit because again and it's not illegal because it's an open like a a lot of the platforms actually have their apis open to these tools yeah. uh, so you're able to get that data properly and we look at the kind of people that they are reaching their credibility their uh, the frequency that they post how authentic is their content mm. uh, how many brands so there's like multiple things wow. that we actually look at and before choosing one influencer and if the, even if this person is like a really small influencer or a big influencer but like you know it's important to kind of really look at data as well because you want to make sure and i'm sorry i'm going to your very long winded answer here no no it's great yeah but but you want to make sure that you're partnering with the right person when yeah. you are a brand but at the same time as an influencer you know it's it's a two way street here so the influencer should also choose the right kind of brands for them don't choose a brand just because someone's coming it's kind of someone says like you know when you get a don't get the first job that you uh, that someone's offering you if you know that you're good right wait for the right offer to come to you as well but in the same way with the influencers like you know you can work with many brands and make a lot of money or we can we can work with selected brands yeah and do the right kind of content for them because if you do the right kind of content for them the others will just come in because they're like oh this is a like it's it's not a huge industry it's a, it's like a lot of people do know each other a lot of influencers do know each other as well but i think it's important to really coming back to the data i think we look at data a lot and i and my team we have rejected so many influencers uh, at times because we just know that okay they've had fake followers or we sometimes we've actually worked with influencers found out later on that because the tool then later on does a proper like we keep studying their data again and again and we find out later on that they are they have had fake followers or they have suddenly grown since we last worked with them suddenly grown by like 30000 followers over 3 months now it's like unless they did something really drastically yeah, different right it's not going to happen so anything that is fishy that's why we look at quantitative data qualitative data mm. and then then decide okay is this the right person that our clients would like to work for yeah. uh, but also i think influencers have come to us as well like sorry i don't want to be associated with the brand and like okay fine i think it's fair point because similar to brands trying to find the right influencers influencers are also starting to realize that i don't need to work with this brand because people are more powerful than brands today yeah yeah you, you kind of alluded to that 
yeah, people previously used to be all like, oh, the brands are super powerful. And then like, you know, people kind of follow them, mm. et cetera. But now the brands are looking for validation. Like, oh, please come like talk to yeah, me. It's almost beach. like that wanna... pendulum is sort of shifted. Like the power is kind of shifting more away from the brand to some of these influencers, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Huh, so, that's, that's but, really interesting actually. Yeah, hmm. but it's it's interesting because like I think the industry is evolving so much. There's so much data that you can kind of look at in terms of these things. And I think that's why the definition of influencers is consistently changing. But I wouldn't even just say the definition. It's like social media, content, creativity. Everything is changing so yeah. much. It's it's yeah, That's uh, probably why, it's, right? It's a reflection of all of that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just too much information, but then you need to categorize that information properly so that you yeah. can use it well. Yeah, it must be interesting too. Like even over the last three, five, seven, eight years, just what you're explaining and how a brand would go about evaluating an influencer and the tools available, all of that has probably shifted and changed dramatically as well as technology's improved as, you know, all of these things. And then like yeah. you said, influencers themselves evaluating brands, probably for them five years ago, even less than that, like the, the, their end goal was to align with a strong brand. And now, you know, now it's kind of like we just talked about that that pendulum is shifting a little bit from time to time where maybe it's more the the brand that's begging to uh to get that influencer out oh, yeah and i mean there's like you know there's the idea of like this uh what we call public data and private data so whatever you get from these tools is public data just openly yeah. available but everyone can see like i can see my own public data obviously not everyone can see my public data because you need to have access to my pages unless i am on, on someone's tool and they're trying to get me as an influencer or an actor uh, but <laughs> but I think it's like even influencers, then influencers are actually like, like regular people like like us. I think I heard uh, recently like some of my friends like I've reached this many number of people, uh, mm-hmm. or they understand what organic means and like you know and it's terms that I use on a daily basis. I, I mean again, it's not like these are extremely difficult to understand words. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, it's not rocket science, but it's almost become part of our vocabulary because mm. we all live and breathe this on a daily basis, even if they don't work in the business. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you know, all of us have those phones in hand probably what, I don't know, 50, 60, 70% of the day, you know, it's always there. So it probably makes sense that we're picking up the vernacular associated with all of it. It doesn't come as much of a surprise, but I guess all the same, if you sit back and reflect on it and think five, yeah. 10 years back, like, <laughs> drastically different right drastically different. yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely got another question here lined up in terms of this dynamic between brands and influencers which I, when i was thinking about this talk you know in advance for it and prepping for it a little bit i thought this would be kind of an interesting question for you i think in the past we, we spoke to this already like maybe some of the influencers would have been considered say like in the celebrity realm right you hmm. know like way back like 20 30 years ago even like commercials or magazine ads right and and yeah. those people in those times, like celebrities have always been you know, conscious of their image because it's a business for them as well. And of yeah. course, brands themselves are hyper-conscious of all of this. So it seems like a bit of a match made in heaven. They both kind of understand one another in that sense. Whereas yeah. now with influencers coming along, some of these influencers, are, you know, the ones that are, say, within these traditional sort of channels, like the one we we're speaking of, you know, maybe within gaming or travel or these food bloggers, you know, the ones that are really exploding, they're coming out of nowhere and seemingly like wielding power overnight. And the interesting yeah. thing with that is that some of them probably are a little bit less polished than what 
brands are used to working with, you know, and that, that must yeah. create some interesting dynamics, you know, like between, you know, for somebody like yourself, who's got to manage that at times and manage yeah. expectations on both sides. Like what, what is that like? <laughs> I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy because you're right. Like brands want to be like, I want, I want my content to look like, 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 yeah. yeah, it's like, it's super polished and super nice. And uh, I think, I mean, I've had so many conversations and honestly, honestly the conversations have gotten much better today because I think they understand the logic behind it because I think you need to understand, like, again, going back to the word that you said, genuine content, authentic content as well. And then you have to realize your brand content is your brand content, you know? And yes, there are people also have a certain expectation from you, but people have a different expectation from the influencer. Now, if I suddenly... But let's say, like, as I said, my, my, my cousin's a, an influencer. And if, if I give her a product to work with and she does, a, like, I literally tell her, like, listen, you don't need to worry about anything. I'll create the content for you. You come in, we'll do a nice shoot and, and we'll put it up. Perfect. Okay, fine. It works. And it's mm. a proper ad. But if she's doing something which she's supposed to create content, which is not something her audiences are used to, mm. The, like the audiences are there following this person because they like their content the way it is. Yeah. And, and that's the explanation that we have to give clients as well, because like, let them do their thing. Don't like, I think the idea is it's all a, like people follow them because of who they are and what they do and how they do it. Now, if you want to change that, then it's getting risky for both the influencer and the brand. Unless you change it dramatically, that I don't remember the name of the influencer, but there's an influencer in the UK, and uh, this person is a TikToker and an Instagrammer who essentially is a train enthusiast, and he just like goes to the train station every day and just gets excited looking at the different trains. He knows the mod number, looks at the speed, gets like super pumped when the rare train is coming out or is coming out of the woodwork or something like that. And that's how he, what he does on a weekly basis. And his quality of videos are like just a handheld iPhone, you know, nothing fancy, like a simple piece of content. But surprisingly, a brand like North Face and Gucci partnered with him and they did the collaboration together. They actually got him into the ad of like, then this was like a proper ad where he was dressed up in North Face Gucci attire and the whole thing was shot at a train station and you suddenly see him there. But it works because it's shot in a train station. He is the train guy. So yeah. it is so relevant to, to use him and put him in that situation because people realize like, man, like he's a celebrity and we've always following him and we're happy for him in a lot of way. But if he was asked, like if he, like, and he's generally wearing, you know, UK is cold. So he's generally wearing a sweater, and like, like a simple shirt and pants. And now suddenly he comes in wearing street style on like uh, on his videos you're just like did he just sell out or yeah. like so it's there is a there has to be a resonance there has to be a relevance and there has to be a certain amount of match as well because there is it is important like the, the the kind of content that this person is doing needs to match the brand in some ways quality will differ but as long as this person is right for the brand the rest is fine because influencers are just people and brands People don't trust brands. People trust people. And brands are also people in a lot of ways because it's run by people like us. So I personally, the people that I don't want to work with is that there is a bunch of influencers who just like, they put every product here. Like, look at this beautiful product. I was like, no, I don't want to see the product next to your face. I want to see you consuming that product. 
I want to see you using that product. And that's where I think in the initial definition, you said uh, influencer marketing is a lot about testimonial content. And, you know, in a lot of ways it is, um, it's about users, you know, giving their honest opinions or just using the, that product on a day-to-day basis. Now the question is, do you lie about it? That, that part, it really depends. Some people lie, some people don't, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, brands have to understand more than the influencers that find the right influencer for you, but the right influencer who does the right type of content, not the right quality of content. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what, uh, that's what matters the most. Okay. No, that's really interesting. I'm really enjoying this conversation thus far. I feel like <laughs> it's interesting in the sense that like when I came into this and even researching it, I felt, you know, just again, having a smartphone in hand most of the day and just being on some of these platforms, <laughs> you have a handle on it, you have an idea. But what you're sharing now and in this course of this conversation is like some of these finer distinctions, which, you know, really make all the difference. And it's it's kind of getting into the mind of how a brand might think, but also how an influencer might think about all these different elements. Yeah, it's really quite compelling. Really, really fascinating stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to listen to both sides or obviously I listen to the brand side more, but I think I am, I always say this as a joke, but like I'm in marketing because I'm a sucker for marketing. So majority of my like on, on Instagram, for example, I'm just consistently looking. I follow so many Japanese influencers, so people, influencers from all over the world because I genuinely enjoy their content. I don't follow as many brands except all the brands that I work with because we do fantastic content. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But, yeah, but shameless plug, of course. But I think like I follow them because you learn a lot from these people because they are the ones who are at the forefront of what's new what's up there and like what's culturally relevant in that yeah. way well, they're, and they're i think tapping into something to be able to achieve right i mean if they're yeah. the ones that are getting high follower accounts or that they're influencing decisions and whatnot they, they've figured something out along the way yeah. they've built their brand <laughs> in, in the right way and when there's something to be taken away from that i guess in studying it for one and then two there must be a level of enjoyment if you're already sort of drawn to that in the first place so yeah i can see that yeah, and they have an opinion. I think that that's that's at the end of the day what I feel yeah. like it's important is because if this person has no opinion on anything and uh, is just someone who wants to work for brands because they have some sort of an influence on something, then I mean, an opinion is not about sorry, right, just to elaborate, opinion is not about like having an opinion from a political perspective or in any other. Just having a point of view uh, is what I mean. Like you know, even doing outfit of the day, it's a point of view. This is my outfit of the day, and I chose this because this is my style. Yeah, that's an opinion piece. Uh, that that's a point of view, and I think that that's all. As someone who works in this field, looks looks at because that means this person has some kind of a personality in, in some way. And I think majority of the people that are there on Instagram, uh, I would like to believe majority of the people have a certain type of type of their own personality. Uh, yeah. But I think for brands that it. it it's not something that, it, I mean, it pops up because it, it, the, the numbers would speak for themselves. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to data. Uh, yeah. And then it comes down to, which is the last thing, a gut feeling. Like, do I think that this brand, this guy works? Yeah, it probably does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I do have one last question in this segment. And uh, yeah, you, you might be pleased with this one. We're, we're, we're going to dive into that uh, that bio uh, information that I read off as uh, an aspiring, uh, well, I guess, writer. You have an entrepreneurial side. and uh, this wannabe actor thing as what you said, <laughs> not, not what I'm saying. This is what you said here, but uh, maybe you can fill us in a little bit on this. And and here's my question with this. It's a little add on. Was this, were some of these elements 
kind of did they derive from you working within this field of like social influencer marketing or is this like something completely different oh is the the actor thing you're talking about yeah uh, well, yeah if, i guess all that the, you know being a if, writer this yeah well and all of that the i think the writer and the actor bit it's just i mean i can kind of say like if you're an indian almost like you we grew up watching bollywood films and like you know we love dancing we love like singing songs and not just in the shower we just sing it on the street we don't care and it's just something that it's naturally there uh, mm-hmm. and like you know because you grew up thinking about a lot of these things and i should take part of part in in school dramas and uh, we have this we have the word the word called natak which means drama but natak is can also be used as a like a regular word like oh, you're doing too much drama you're doing too much natak but it's like in my family like we're all almost like born actors and who do natak all the time just like as if like if my mom just hits me like this i'm just like oh my god it hurts so much but that's 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 a regular day in in the gopal household uh and i think it kind of stemmed from there and i think i just kind of i think my my first uh one of my first so the second gig that i was doing was working for a production house in bombay hmm. and i was working with this like really famous actor at that time and the director at that time and I was a production assistant and I the director is like hey hey uh, I want you to get into one of those because I was like coordinating everything the right. clothes and everything it looks very glamorous it wasn't you had to wake up really early and and really really late or are you drenched half the time because if it's raining but the director is like come and sit in this rickshaw and I want your feet to to be outside just to kind of show like as if like the the driver is just chilling and sleeping there Yeah. And I was just happy that my feet were in the ad. And then when they cut when they cut me out because the cut was too long, I was like, "God damn it! The feet were acting so well." Uh, the right placement and everything. Come on. It was the right placement. It was like the right like tap. The feet were like just chilling there. But I mean, it's just something that has been there. I think writing kind of came in very naturally because I was kind of studying advertising and um, you know, I like I grew up singing jingles from ads okay. and like one of my friends. and i we were both we just just watched a lot of movies and we were like you know what like let's let's just do let's, let's write yeah. something and then we actually got a gig that someone said like hey you write a script and then this is the the summary of what like he was almost like a fight oh i can say it today but it's like it's like starsky and hutch meets miami vice and i was like perfect not seen both the movies let's watch the movies first <laughs> and then we spent like the next four five months just chilling with each, chilling in like uh, each other's houses and just like writing a bunch of stuff and well it was eventually written um mm-hmm. so one day when it gets produced uh, hopefully i'll get paid so there you go, <laughs> there you go. yeah 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 like i'd imagine as well like returning to what you're doing like your line of work and probably encountering people who are doing these types of things Does that sort of like inspire you to dip your toes into it again a little bit more? Or, uh... Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I got lucky. There was another one like I actually did an ad for uh, Electrolux fridges uh, okay. back in Sing- Singapore and that that ad was obviously short for one market but ended up being used for four or five markets because wow. I just had have it was just such a great work that I did uh but no I mean it was a, it was a fun ad it was for, uh, it was actually uh, written by a very good friend of mine and I mean the ad did really well and sometimes it's, it was actually a lot like being a uh, fun being a diva on the set I wasn't really a diva but also like okay, what's the male version of a diva because a diva still regardless of it I think it's just something fun and it's kind of like a nice hobby to have more than anything else. So I I sometimes I joke about it as well when we are when we are filming uh, 
doing productions and we're looking for castings and i'm just like just like, put my name like oh, by the way like you're saying <laughs> it's free <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right all right well, we keep it really an eye nice, out. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right rich you know, heading around the bend here and uh, off into this last segment here, something called a crystal ball segment. As the name implies, we're looking towards the future, you know, trends, predictions, mm. so on and so forth. And we already kind of spoke to this point about, you know, social influencer marketing changing just, just drastically, even like five years ago, you think of a platform like TikTok and it was just probably starting to emerge. And now like, you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a must have for brands to be kind of exploring, right? And not yeah. only that, I mean, it seems like we've spoke about this already too, where like, social influencers themselves are appearing overnight out of nowhere and again, wielding power. So it's just change, change, change. We started this conversation talking about all of this. So in terms of all of this, so like what are some trends that, that you're seeing that are evolving right now? Is there anything that's kind of on your radar or, or on the radar? Yeah, something huge on my radar and I guess everyone's radar right now. And everyone's talking like it's like it's the metaverse and NFT is the Web3 and everyone's kind of talking about it. We're all as an industry kind of like trying to like get our heads around it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And especially it relates back to influencer marketing also in a lot of a lot of ways actually as well. Uh, because I always say this, like we were in a creator economy, which is also like what we call a sharing economy. But now we're going more into the shareholder economy because the value of the content that brands are doing or influencers are doing is now changing because your value is not just the number of shares that you get, like that a piece of content can literally be bought now. Like the, the Twitter CEOs, the first ever tweet that was done uh, was sold as an NFT. Obviously, the value has gone down now, but it was sold, essentially. There's a, a LeBron James dunk video that was also sold as an yeah. NFT. So think about it this way. Any kind of content that you're actually doing, there's a if there is a certain amount of value to it, um, yeah. or if, if there's, there's something unique about it, it right? Yeah, there's a community that's supporting it is into it. I mean, it's it's no different than anything else, really, is it? I mean, yeah, and, and and I think like a lot of the it's it's really the time for creators in all, in so many ways because if you can create something and like you know artists especially like you know if you can create something that is unique and interesting, you you can sell your simple artistic work that you did last night for thousands of dollars because the value of that has completely changed and then anything that you produce your value completely changes yeah. and you're making money instantly as well or making coin instantly as well yeah and i think that's where the, the future is growing towards and i think a lot of people are actually trying to change that not just in japan but also like around the world but i think mm. that's where you know two to three years down the line if you look at award ceremonies uh, especially in advertising realm you'll notice a lot of the work that is being done will will have that in place. Like, because we're just now trying to understand the metaverse, yeah. or kind of understand. I mean, it's almost like, I, I know this is a bad way of putting it, but like, you know, back in the day, there used to be this thing called second life. For me, it's kind of like second life, having a second life now where like, you know, everything's kind of new, but this like metaverse thing is like nice and interesting and I think there is potential that mm. it will have. Where it goes, time will tell. But right now, everyone's kind of, yeah, kind of dipping their hand, kind of like social media was when it started. And it's just like, eh, maybe I'll be on Facebook. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, it's been really <laughs> interesting. I've read a few articles on it, I and mean, it's been, yeah, it's been interesting in the sense where they'll they'll say like, 
the, the opinion will be that, well, brands are heading into the metaverse, but so far there's been not a lot of reaction, just people within that realm just aren't caring. And then others articles are saying the exact opposite, like what you're kind of saying, like, well, you know, it's evolving, it's growing, it, it's not fully formed yet, but brands have to get in there early to, to stake out their spot and to start learning yeah. at least so that when things do start taking off, they have an idea already. Kind of distinctive sort of like opinions on it already that are already starting to take shape. And uh, yeah, it's quite fascinating to uh, to be following along with. Yeah, so that's why, as I as I said, everything keeps changing in our industry all the time. So like yesterday, I was thinking about something else. Now I gotta figure out this whole new universe, so to say. Yeah. And, and and maybe a year down the line, this universe is old, and there's something new that's come out again. So it keeps changing, but that's where that's what the fun of the job is, where you're always on your toes, but in a good way. Like I, I say this, I, in my head, I never stop working because I'm always thinking about so many things. Like even when I am, and I, like if anyone wants to get into advertising or social media or anything as well, I think even when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I told you, I follow all these influencers, I'm watching their content because I want to learn what they are doing, how they are doing it. I mean, Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian taught me what carpal tunnel syndrome was. I didn't even know. And I remember being in the office, like, maybe I have couples in it. Because <laughs> like my, my joints were hurting. Like, maybe she is right. Um, and I believed it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I think you're onto something there, though, in terms of like that, that point of just continually learning and, and pushing forward and, and being driven by this curiosity. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for a little while now. And that seems to be a theme for people who are not only succeeding, but you know, finding levels of enjoyment in their work is that, yeah. you know, it, it, it's striving to learn more and, and recognizing that things are changing and how wonderful that is <laughs> because yeah. it's keeping it fresh. It's, it's forcing you to stay on your toes and learn and constantly learn the moment you stagnate, the moment you stop doing all of that. Well, that's oftentimes when the enjoyment starts to wane, that's when the success starts to go down. So no, I think you're onto something there. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If all of that just doesn't work out, I'll uh, I'll be on the the lookout for some of your acting uh, work and uh, you know maybe some CMs along the way as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, no, like I'm not I'm not placing a bet on that one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must say, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I feel like this talk has just flown by. I mean, I could ask probably like 20 more questions here, but we'd be here all night. So yeah, thank you immensely for for taking some time and, and joining the program. No, thank you so much. It it was a pleasure. It did fly by. I didn't even realize that it was time. <laughs> no, uh, hats off to you on that. Yeah, for those interested in learning more about Rish and his work, you can find him on LinkedIn. And also too, of course, I mean, if you like today's show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcast. And, you know, share, 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 share. You know, in the spirit of this conversation, all of that stuff does count and it does make a big difference. And also, too, we did recently launch a channel over on YouTube. You can go on over there and check out that uh, that platform. The interesting thing with that is we will have a visual overlay, a slideshow, if you will, of some of the imagery associated with the actual talk. So you'll be able to kind of take it all in in a different manner. When you are over there, you will notice. I mean, the show is fairly new on that platform. It does need a bit of love. So if you like what you're seeing, yeah, please hit that subscribe button. Finally, don't forget to join us on the next episode of Life as a, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living.